Hey, welcome to Feeling Twisty. Oh, man. Last night, I was digging through an old drawer of mine. You know, you may have one like me. I have a, a drawer in my dresser that's just got a bunch of stuff in it. Old things, new things that just kind of get scraped off the top of my dresser and dumped in into that drawer just to get it off, get it out of sight. So <laughs> I sat down, pulled the drawer out last night, sat down in the living room as Kim watched uh, Sister Wives. And I dug through this drawer. And it's so funny because she knows that I can get a little distracted. To me, I don't call it distraction when I'm doing something like that. It's I'm just enjoying the ride because I know going through that, I was going to find some things that brings back memories. Uh, what I did find, I did not expect, though. So anyway, she put the timer on. She started timing me just to see how long it took me. And any time I would stop and to check out it or admire something that, that I'd found in the drawer, she would kind of tap it at her phone, at the timer on her phone, and like, I'm watching. Anyway, so, so I found some cool stuff. I found some uh, four old Hot Wheels and Matchbox cars from when I was a kid. I mean, way back from like, this would have been in the late 70s when I had these. And one of them was a, an indie car. And it's, it has all the paint on it that my brother and I painted it. Well, I used his modeling paint, his model paint. You know, those little jars of paint for models. I remember going out on the driveway, painting that with all these different colors. And I still have it. And uh, So I found those cars, which is really cool. And then I found uh, it was in a little container that had just some other coins in it, some, uh, I think some foreign money that my parents had gotten when they had traveled. But then one of these, I thought it was, uh, oh, and I found a silver dollar, an old silver dollar. And so when I saw this little gold-colored coin, I thought, oh, maybe this is uh, one of those dollar coins that we, the U.S. had made, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, those gold ones. But then I looked at it, and it had uh, the name of an old cinema, an old movie theater that we used to have here in our, my hometown, the Charles Cinema, an Ogden Perry uh, company, or an, owned by Ogden Perry, and then later owned by United Artists, but I'm not getting into the history of it. It was so cool to find that, and it has on it, Charles Cinema, admit one child on the coin, and that cinema was really neat. They didn't give tickets. You'd go up to the box office, pay for it, and they'd give you a coin. And then you'd go through a turnstile, drop it in, into the turnstile, and cha-ching, cha-ching, you know, go through those, those three arms on the turnstile. Really cool. I loved that theater. We had some other great theaters too, the Paramount and the, the Pit and the Lyric. But this one I spent most of my time at as a kid. Saw some really great movies there. Superman and Empire Strikes Back and The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid 2, Six Pack. Oh, a lot of fun times were spent there in my childhood. And finding that, totally unexpected. But the feelings and the memories that came flooding back, looking at that coin, oh, it was so much fun.
and yeah, I got distracted. <laughs> I just I started I started messaging uh, my buddy Oren Parker, telling showing him what I found because I knew he would appreciate it. And as I'm sitting there, thinking about and really all night through through the night I thought about this, and then even this morning I was thinking about all the things, the memories that came back with my treasure hunt through that junk drawer. I can remember, I can go back to when I was a kid on the driveway with my older brother playing with those Hot Wheels. And we, we would put firecrackers in them. We would take a hammer and bang them up, you know, make them look like they were in crashes. And then, of course, like I mentioned the other one, painting the, my IndyCar, all these different colors. But I can go right back in my memories and put myself right there as if I'm, I'm there now, on my knees, on our driveway, playing with the Hot Wheels. And I can just as easily get in line again outside the box office at the Charles Cinema, waiting in line for my dad to get off work early to meet me there, <clears throat> waiting to get tickets uh, to get into the Return of the Jedi premiere. Oh, and I remember I can put myself in the middle seat toward the back, sitting between my brother and sister on one side and my dad on the other as we watched The Empire Strikes Back and see Yoda and Luke Skywalker in the swamps of Dagobah training. I can go right there. I can smell the buttery popcorn and feel the stickiness under my shoes on the floor. And I can walk through the Charles Cinema. I remember what the bathrooms look like. I remember where they are. I can, in my imagination, I can go back, touch the carpeted walls, hear the sound of the popcorn popping and smell that yummy butter. Well, fake butter. Futter? Is that, is that what it's called? <laughs> Palm oil. Bad, bad, bad. Anyway, I can go back in my memories and relive that. I can pick a lot of scenes, but these just, oh, just so much fun remembering and going back in my imagination and my memories and re-experiencing the thrill of seeing the karate kid do his crane technique on Johnny. Getting in line at the Superman premiere with big Superman letters in red on top of the building, lit up with spotlights. Yeah. And that's what I talk about pretty much all the time on this podcast, going within, in my own imagination, putting, making myself or making there, here, and then, now. I can feel the Hot Wheels in my hand. I can smell the model paint as I'm painting the cars. I can smell the smells at the movie theater and see my dad walking up from the parking lot to get in line with me. I was third in line, by the way. I was pretty proud of that <laughs> for Return of the Jedi. I skipped school that day. I can put myself right there in imagination, go back to 
the late 70s and early 80s. All these wonderful times. But I can do the same thing for anything. I don't have to have, have it already experienced it to just remember it and use my imagination to put myself there. I can use it now daily. In fact, I do. And you can too. In fact, you do. Even though we go most of our lives not realizing that what we imagine, <clears throat> what we assume to be true, what we got going on in our minds and our thoughts, our feelings. I'm not saying thoughts are things because just a thought doesn't create something. But you start thinking about something <clears throat> and then you start adding meaning to it and feeling. And, and then you let it become something in imagination. You can certainly plant a seed you don't want. But you can do all these wonderful things in imagination because that's what praying is. Praying is, prayer means motion toward, vicinity of, accession to, nearness of, or nearness at. There's dang prepositions. So when you're praying, you're going, you're moving in imagination into that state, into that desired state of wish fulfilled, whatever it is. And just as easily as I went back in my memories and put myself back in my driveway playing with the Hot Wheels and back in line at the Charles Cinema. I can hear the clink of my coin going into the turnstile. All oh, the sensory vividness of those memories. It's the same technique. It's the same thing we do when we're talking about feeling it to be real, dwelling in the state of the wish fulfilled. You can just as easily do that. And I think some people may think that they can't. They don't have a good imagination. <clears throat> well, you, you can't be aware and not be able to imagine something. I mean, if you can't see, if you've never seen, if you've been blind since birth, you can certainly bring up sounds and, and tactile sensation and taste and smell in your imagination. You can bring up the feeling of the wish fulfilled. What would it feel like if that were already true and has been true for some time? What would it feel like if I were that person that I want to be? So you can do it. You're doing it all the time. So we don't have an imagination problem. I got, I heard this, I read this on Facebook. Uh, someone said, you, you don't have an imagination problem. You have a faith problem. And that's so true. We can imagine easily. We can dwell on all kinds of lovely things and unlovely things. But if we lack the faith, if we don't believe that we're actually successful in planting that seed if we don't have faith in our prayer in our imaginal act then it won't come to won't come to pass if you don't have faith 
that the I am spoken of in the Bible is that same awareness. If you don't really believe that you can actually make a change in your life by what you imagine, what you feel to be real, it's going to be a bumpy ride, a frustratingly bumpy ride. I know from experience, <clears throat> as long as I put everything outside of me, the blame, all of it, the credit, if I, as long as I did that, I remained frustrated and I remained bitter, bitter at others for hurting me for denying me of my wages, for denying me of the pat on the back. It's not outside, it's within us. In Acts chapter 17, uh, uh, 27, 17, 27, and 28, <clears throat> it says that uh, Paul is talking to the Greeks, and it says that, uh, it quotes Paul as saying, that you won't find God in shrines or anything built by man or anything out on the outside that our hands have created. Paul says to seek God by feeling after him. We are to seek God to feel after him and find him. Yet he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And that phrase, feel after him, in the concordance, it means uh, literally to manipulate, to verify by contact, and figuratively the same thing, to handle, to touch. So we're to feel after him, make contact with him. And then it, at the end of the verse when it says, for in him we live and move and have our being, have our, uh, our being, that phrase, it means we are, which is the first person plural of I am. So using that, that definition, for in the I am, we live and move and have our I ams. We exist in him and he exists in us. You can't separate us. The Bible says that Jesus said that I and the Father are one. They're one. The Bible also says that Jesus Christ is within you. And then it says that God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within you, not among you, not next to you, you know, in an invisible universe or above us or below us within you. So when you think about that, what the Bible says about where heaven is, where God is, and where Jesus Christ is, and then you read that verse again in Acts, that we're to feel after him. Not groping around, you know, with a like blind man's bluff and you're a kid and you have, it's a, it's, you're blindfolded and it's dark in the room and you're reaching out, groping around, trying to find, catch the people. Very dangerous kind of tag that we used to play. But that's what religion used to feel like to me, groping around in the dark, grasping at anything I could find. I tried just about every religion out there. 
really. I became a joke among some of my family, like, which religion are you this year? Because I was groping around, I was playing blind man's bluff, trying to find the answer outside of me, grasping at anything. But it says, it says we're to feel after him. And though if you're feeling after him, and now you know, you realize that the Bible says he's within you. The only place to go to feel after him is within you. And there's not a separate being inside you. You know, we're not like the guy from Split. Is that what it's called? We don't have multiple personalities. Most of us don't. <laughs> In him we live and move. In the I am. We have our I am. In him we are. So there's no place to go. No place to grope and grasp on the outside to find that. To find the answer, go within. So you, have an, you don't have an imagination problem whatsoever. We can worry and fret and conjure up all kind of crap in our lives. And we can imagine and conjure up all kind of wonderful things, even when we don't realize we're doing it. But none of that matters if we don't actually believe, if we don't have the faith that that imaginal act actually put us there and created it and planted the seed. If we don't actually believe and know with that peculiar certainty that it's done, we won't be successful. Not all the time. Well, never if you're not if you don't believe it, it actually works. So whether you're doing an imaginal act or you're just, you know, with an, an actual scene or you're just asking yourself, what would it feel like? What would it feel like to be that person or to see my son healthy? See his smiling face, laughing, hear him laughing. What would it feel like to have my children all doing well financially and health-wise. Yeah. Bring up that feeling and capture that mood. And to the degree that you're persuaded that you did it, that that actually happened, that it's in imagination, and you will see it in the physical world because it's already true. That's how quickly it'll come. It's how, it's your belief in your imaginal act. It's faith. Gotta have faith, faith, faith. All right, guys. I am making, I have two big pots of vegetable soup I'm making, so I need to go check on them. Love you very much. This is Feeling Twisty.